Yeah. A plane crash is news. An overdose gets shuffled to the back page. Nobody yeah. wants to talk about it. Yeah. So that stigma, and we felt that stigma. We knew, and, and as we just were talking about, right? Mm. People don't even want to engage with you because they don't know what to do. Mm. So it's not that they're not wanting to support you, but it's that stigma. Oh, that's the, the guy that lost his kid. Well, that's the guy that lost two kids. Or for a, a, a kid like Luke, you know, a freshman in high school, oh, that's the kid that lost his brother. The stigma is preventing people from surrounding each other and lifting each other up. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. All right. Well, two guys just finishing a workout together. <laughs> I'm going to sit here this morning, have a cup of coffee, have a conversation. It's great to have somebody right here present with me as opposed to over the Zoom. Dave Vieira is a good friend of mine. He's a real overcomer. He has a foundation called MV Squared. He's going to give the history of that foundation. We're going to have a bit-a-thon coming up at Journey Sare on March 9th to raise funds for that foundation. And let me just briefly tell you what it's all about. It's about taking a stand. It's about taking a stand against a real problem in this world, and that is addiction. That is early prevention. Uh, that is being a resource to people so then that way we can raise more public awareness about what's going on because people are losing their lives unnecessarily. And we're going to talk a bit about that today. So, Dave, let's talk about MV Squared and how it got started. Sure. So, MV Squared is uh, a foundation that uh, my wife, Lisa, and my uh, sons founded uh, in honor of our uh, sons, uh, Michael and Matthew, uh, both who uh, lost their lives to fentanyl uh, overdose. So, um, yeah. It's both. Both. Two kids. Two kids, yes. I mean, it's a terrible story. It started back in uh, May of 2017. Um, I, my family and I, my wife and my youngest son, were working, getting ready for a chicken barbecue for the Boy Scout troop that Luke was a member of. And uh, I just took this phone call, and it was my mother saying that my son Michael was uh, non-responsive. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was about 80 minutes away from her house. I uh, jumped in my truck and, and drove over there. I see fire trucks. I see ambulances. Um, next thing you know, they're carrying him out of the house um, into the ambulance. We go to the hospital. He does not make it. It's uh, it's It was unbelievable. What we were going through, it didn't seem real. Yeah, I'm sure. In the moment, it's just like surreal. Is this really happening? First of all, I'm very sorry for your loss. Uh, I can't imagine it. Uh, you know, every parent's worst nightmare. Uh, you know, nobody should have to bury a child that alone, too. Very sorry. Thank you. And you not had you not only had to deal with that one time, but you had to face it again. Yes. And what was the distance apart in that? Uh, almost two years. So um, 
kind of the the story to that is uh, we we started working through you know the aftermath of losing a child is um, there's no script. It was very difficult. Um, even even with a great support system, family and friends, uh, coworkers, uh, there's still not a plan. Nobody knows how to help you. You don't know how to help yourself. Um, it can lead to um, it can lead to a lot of bad things. It can lead to um, you know, pretty dark days, depression, um, as you can imagine, anxiety. You know, are, are the rest of my kids safe? You know, that becomes your number one thing. Sure. Yeah. You're scared. Right. Yeah. yeah you sure. just went through the unimaginable. Yeah. Now you're looking at your other kids saying, how do I protect them? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, right. so yeah. So that, that kind of, we went through that for a while and, um, you know, they, they say that you never get over something like this, but you, um, you change. Mm, you, sure. You, you change forever. Right. right. You're a changed person. So, um, you don't get over it, but you get through it. You, you, you try to go day by day, moving forward, remembering your loved one, um, you know, trying to focus on the good. And, uh, that's really where we were trying to head. Um, after about a year or so, I think we really started to try to find some sort of normalcy. We had made some adjustments. We had gotten around to being able to laugh, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, you never under, you, you won't understand the first time you actually laugh, a, yeah. a belly laugh yeah. and you're like, Oh, can I do that? Yeah. I'm supposed yeah. to be devastated and sad, but you know, um, and you almost feel guilty. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, you know, Michael made us laugh all the time. Right, he, right. He was the clown of the family. He would just be cracking jokes and you know, making fun of everybody and, and just smiling all the time. So, so it took you back to what it was like to kind of be with him. We, too. Yeah, yeah, we knew we had to laugh, and we did that. Um, you know, we made, we started surviving. You know, and it's 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 hard. Um, and then you know, we actually went on a family vacation about a year afterwards, and uh, and. It was like, oh, okay, this is normal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, but it was, and it felt good. Um, then really, uh, we just kind of got, you know, we absorbed ourselves into uh, our youngest son, Luke, at that time was in the middle of his high school. Well, he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened in May of 2017. Uh, that was his freshman year. Um, so over the next year and a half, he played three sports, and uh, we just got involved with that. Had a lot of great families around us that were on his teams. That just kind of built us up and uh you know we we were doing all right despite our loss yeah. then uh i i had the opportunity uh through my employment uh, at uh, cpac uh part of myers industries um your location uh journey fitness offered a corporate challenge to us mm-hmm. and uh i could have used to lose a few pounds and get in shape so lisa and i both joined it was open to friends and family mm-hmm. um and we just got going. That's where I met you. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It's always been an honor to me to just be part of your life and, and part of your journey. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you came into Journey and that you've been able to uh, share your story, not only just with me but with others. And you know that we could develop this friendship. So uh, yeah, I'm grateful that we did that challenge too. Yeah, me too. So then we got to. Uh, was that in 2019? Then? That was that was uh, I think either the fall, maybe the fall of 2018, early 2019. Because uh, yeah, that was uh, it wasn't too long after the challenge. I actually joined, became a member. I enjoyed it. I was getting getting results. So um, you know, we joined, and then uh, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, um, we've lost two sons. Mm-hmm. Um, my second oldest son, Matthew. Uh, passed away in April of 2019, and uh, there's a there's a lot to that story. Um, you know, Matthew was uh, 
we think Matthew was probably taking everything the hardest, you know, his, he lost his big brother. And now he was a big brother to two other, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was never the big brother. And I think there was a lot of pressure there. I think, you know, mentally, you know, mental health, uh, which is a big problem with people that are involved in drugs. Mm-hmm. Mental health is almost all over the basis yeah. of, of that. But anyway, um, yeah, we suffered the same tragedy all over again in 2019. Now, was this one also as a result of fentanyl or uh, was there, I mean, has, has it been identified? Well, just, you know, if you want, if we want to get into some details, um, but I think it's important to be able to share the details because, uh, yeah, awareness, right? Yeah. After Michael died, we had an autopsy, right? Mm-hmm. We, we wanted to know exactly what happened. And, um, you know, you never think you're going to do an autopsy on your kid. Right. So when, when Matthew passed away, we were like, you know, we're done with this. We don't need an autopsy. We already know what this loss is like. We can't believe, I mean, what are the, the chances of losing two children, mm. um, two separate events? Yeah. Uh, so we didn't do an autopsy, but you know, we suspect, uh, that, that whatever it was he took was, uh, laced with fentanyl because, um, he wasn't a heavy, he wasn't a heavy dark drug user. Right. I think he was maybe, you know, experimenting a little bit. Maybe he was doing yeah. things here and there to kind of cope. But um, it wasn't like, he, it wasn't like he was a down and out, you know, as, as they call it junkie. Yeah. You know, he wasn't living under a bridge somewhere, which is often uh, the image people get of, of people that die of overdose. Yeah. Was, oh, they deserved it. You know, they were nothing. They, they, they were just out there on this very abusing themselves. Now, this kid, this kid had a full-time job. He was yeah. getting bonuses at work. Uh, had had good friends, so yeah. So those typical signs that you would see, like oh, you know, somebody loses their job, they're stealing from the family, taking money, uh, selling different things, or right. out all hours, or any of those things. Those were none of the signs that you had. None of those signs. Yeah. So as you could imagine, um, having already been through it once, the shock of this was just overwhelming. In fact, you know, I was I was really thinking about it before. We started this podcast uh, this past week. I, I I was thinking about how completely lost we were mm-hmm. after Matthew passed because I think you you just can't believe it. Yeah, it's it's one thing for one son, but for for two children to be lost. Um, as I look back, and I have the ability to look back now and understand where we were and what we've come through, I can see myself and and those around me that were um, simply grasping for straws not knowing how to handle this yeah so let's talk about that for a second um i mean first of all what your family has endured i can't even imagine having the strength to get through i was actually wearing the shirt this morning during our workout and it says behind every strong person is a story that left them no choice however there are choices uh there are choices to crawl into a bottle there are choices to take your own life. Uh, there's choices that probably everyone contemplates. However, you've chosen to, you and your wife, Lisa, have chosen to start a foundation, uh, your entire family. I'm sure that there's friends and family that are all part of that decision. And uh, beyond that, I mean, heck, we're heading for 50 pounds of weight loss this year, you know, so there's been some, of course, there's been some years between, but I mean, you are pulling yourself up to use what is so painful in your life and such a significant event that could really destroy anyone's life. It could easily just stop them in their tracks, but now you're getting on track to try to prevent this from happening to others. So the first question that I have for you, 
uh, before we get too much into the foundation is what would you tell people? Maybe there's a listener out there and they're like, you know, I have a friend that's dealing with loss and it may not be the loss of children. It may just be loss in general. Maybe it is specific and it is the loss of children or a child. What would you say? Like, yes, nobody knows how to be there. Like, you know, I, I mean, when I first learned that about you, I'm like, what do I say? What do I do? I mean, it's like very awkward. Uh, it's almost like approaching somebody that has a disease that you don't know anything about because you're like, I don't know what to say, but I, I really just want to hug this guy. You know, like, I mean, I was good. Yeah, I'm standing up right now just thinking about it because, you know, I have a child, I have a grandchild. I couldn't imagine losing either one, and my heart just breaks for you that yeah. you've had to go through that. Um, but, uh, Let's let's talk about that. Uh, what would you recommend? Well, you know, you say you know, like giving a hug, right? And um, quite frankly, that's that's what people want. Um, the worst thing that people can do is to not engage. Mm -hmm. And you said it's hard, and yeah, it's hard. But imagine if you're in my spot. Of course, yeah. it's really hard for me. So, um, you know, opening up to people and being able to say the person's name. We talk about Michael and Matthew all the time that were those names are spoken in our house almost daily mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. something something funny happens at the dinner table michael used to start so much trouble when you know four boys you can imagine dinner time with four <laughs> boys there was just all sorts of shenanigans oh right? yeah and, and to the point where i get so mad i'd be like can you guys just settle down and eat your meal <laughs> right so it's funny and it's a little wink to us when Somebody, usually Luke, our youngest, who's kind of a, a character in himself, he'll just say something really funny and we'll all get laughing. And immediately that memory, Michael is always getting the whole table riled up. And, you know, so it, it's it's things like that is being able to engage with with us and, and to any parent who's lost a child. I know that something that's often said about them, oh, you're so strong. You're so strong. No, we're not strong. Yeah. Like your shirt said this morning, we have no choice. Yeah. When Michael died, we had three other boys that we had to continue raising. We had to be there for. So we're not strong. We're surviving. We had no choice. Mm. And every parent that does it, it is in that same role. Um, sure, it looks like they're strong to the, to the outsider, but uh, I don't feel strong. Yeah. I don't feel strong about it. It's a, it's I guess it's a compliment, but it doesn't feel like a compliment. And so I would wish that anybody who finds themselves involved with a person that's lost a child, do not be shy. If they want to talk about their kid, talk about their kid with them, mm -hmm. because that's the best way to keep their memories alive is to, is to keep laughing, keep telling the stories, yeah. you know, and things like that. And, you know, when you see something, Hey, that reminds me of Matthew. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. You know, I, I don't really have a, a, a label. You know, like some people have a label for their faith. You know, I, I definitely have faith in it. What I believe is that people are still with us even after they're gone. And one of the best ways to keep them with us is to just keep talking about them and making them part of things, you know. So, yeah. uh, so then there was an inspiration. When was that inspiration to do the MB Squared uh, Foundation? Yeah, that has, that has uh, you know, it's been... It's been almost, it'll be seven years um, this spring uh, since Michael's passing. And after the dust settled uh, a little bit, we, we kind of knew, we're like, man, we got to we gotta help other people that have been through this. Um, what can we do? Uh, 
not knowing that two years later we'd be going through it all over again. So the idea was born early uh, because we wanted to be able to help, mm-hmm. and uh, but it really kind of got stalled out. And then uh, right after Matthew passed away, you know, I mean, if you think the outpouring of support was big when Michael died mm-hmm. and when Matthew died, it was like tenfold. Yeah. Family, friends, coworkers, people in the community we didn't even know were reaching out. How can we help you? And at, at that point, honestly, like we didn't need any help. We, yeah. And, you know, we didn't need anything. So, uh, but, you know, our friends and uh, our family, coworkers, and and you, you Travis and Cindy, you guys uh, all kind of rallied. And we had this uh, fit-a-thon mm-hmm. at Eldridge Park. Yeah, that was it, great. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that was great. It was uh, 2019. And then uh, that same weekend, we had uh, a benefit at the Elks Club in Elmira. And uh, these people came out and raised a ton of money. We, we were just completely overwhelmed. We're like, okay, we got this big wad of cash and a cause now. What do we do? So that's when MV Squared really happened. At that point, um, since our friends were doing this for us, we, you know, they knew we wanted to work and do co- do community service and help people, but we hadn't done anything yet. We hadn't started it, so they started it for us, right? You know, so they called it the Friends of Michael and Matthew, and they got T-shirts made, and um, we had this this uh, this event and raised a bunch of money, and we're like, okay, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. So um, that's really where it got started, and and, and what are, I, I think it's evolved for you. Uh, but what were your intentions with the foundation? Obviously, you want to raise awareness so that. Uh, this doesn't happen to another family. And what were some of the other goals? Like, what do you hope to accomplish with this foundation? Yeah, the main one was raising awareness uh, for prevention, right? Because if you can prevent that from happening, then no family has to go through what we went through. Now, unfortunately, uh, the fentanyl uh, crisis in this country, there's almost 100,000 people a year. I think it's actually over 100,000 now. Uh, people are dying from uh, fentanyl. Wow. I did not know that statistic. It, wow. It's a huge number. Wow. I mean, you think about it. It's like, yeah. Wow. It's like a plane crash every day mm-hmm. in our country. You yeah. know, if you figure 150, 200 people on a plane, yeah. what if a plane was crashing every single day in this country? What would happen? Yeah, for real. It, it, for real. There's a wake up call to our listeners, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if we saw planes dropping out of the sky, it'd get a little bit more attention, right? Right. So, right. But it doesn't because yeah. there's a stigma. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. A plane crash is news. Mm-hmm. An overdose get shuffled to the back page nobody yeah. wants to talk about it yeah so that stigma and we felt that stigma we knew and, and as we just were talking about right mm. people don't even want to engage with you because they don't know what to do mm. so it's not that they're not wanting to support you but it's that stigma oh that's the, the guy that lost his kid yeah well that's the guy that lost two kids or for a, a kid like luke you know a freshman in high school oh that's the kid that lost his brother yeah drugs it's like the stigma is is preventing people from surrounding each other and lifting each other up, right? So, well, let's talk about that analogy really quick. I think that as a society, of course, we see a plane crash and we're like, okay, we're going to find the black box. We're going to figure out what went wrong. We're going to make sure this never happens again on a plane. And then the more that you look at something like this, you're like, well, that's not a simple fix, you know? And, and that's why there has to be people like you standing up, kind of telling us, where do we get, you know, where's the black box and you know, what's the broken part and what can we do? Right. Right. So, yeah. So I, I, we, we tried to figure out what to do and that was the thing. Uh, there's so many things we could have done. 
and we looked around. We started looking for inspiration around us. Um, we started seeing stories of other parents that had um, done things in their own communities to, you know, try to stop this problem. So we're like, okay, let's find some of those good ideas and let's model ourselves over that. And, you know, where we live in this part of New York State, in, in this part of the country, um, where mental health is underserved yeah. and, and, and drug uh, rehabilitation is, uh, you know, un, not available as much as and maybe in a big city, um, the need's even more important. So we just figured, what can we do? One thing at a time. And uh, so I think the real, the first big thing we did was, um, you know, we started uh, looking around and, and we ran into the story about this woman, uh, her name's Becky Savage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, unbelievably, she lost two sons in the same night. They were at a graduation party and took some pills. It was one of these things where, I mean, these kids just reach into a bowl full of pills take one or two. Wow. They don't even know what they're taking. Two sons in the same Two sons in the same night. So Becky started a foundation. It's called the 525 Foundation. And uh, she goes around the country speaking to school groups and community groups, uh, just telling her story and, and raising awareness. And it had a huge impact on us when we saw her story. So uh, I reached out to her and said, hey, you know, how about you come to Elmira? Mm -hmm. And uh, so in, that was in October of 2019. That was our first real use of the of the the funds of the the support that we'd received from the community we plowed it back into our community um and had her come to uh, our son's school uh she gave a presentation in the afternoon for the entire student body um we went out we had some dinner with her we talked just just my family and 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 her and uh and then she came back in the evening and did a community uh, uh conversation with it was just open to the community so you know, uh, we got a lot of phone calls. We got a lot of emails and just stopping on the street saying, thank you for bringing her to our town. Um, the conversation I had with my kid on the way home from that, from that presentation was unbelievable. Right. And so, you know, that's, yeah, sorry. Um, that, that's, that's worth it. And a life-saving conversation. You don't know. And actually I had a, a friend, he's a retired police officer. He was involved in the undercover drug, um, you know, fighting. And uh, he and I were having a conversation one day and I was kind of doubting what we were doing and I wasn't sure, you know, it's like, well, how do I even know if I've helped anybody? And he said to me, wouldn't it be great if you never knew that you would help someone? And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? What if you never knew because something you did prevented them from making that fatal mistake? Mm -hmm. And when I, when he said that, then it clicked. It's like, mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't have to have immediate feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, we just need to go do the work, be out there in the community, show people that we care, uh, even though we've had this tragic loss, um, we're out there trying to help other people, um, yeah. you know, to not have to go through it. Really good. So the goals would be, uh, of course, raising awareness. Uh, raising awareness leads to prevention. I know that you have some goals for advocacy of certain laws being passed or just things that you can get behind that are going to make a difference in a community. You yourself have been on a journey. You've been uh, taking NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. For everybody who doesn't know, that's where Tony Robbins began his journey as the life coach, motivational speaker that Tony Robbins is. Uh, so you also have goals to be available in a community that has little resources to just be available if you're dealing with grief. You know, you're available for the parents. If you can be uh, an influence in a lost, uh, you know, 
child, I'll say, <laughs> even though I guess I call it children because I'm getting older. Right? I mean, you know, we're talking about young adults, right? right? You know, being somebody in their life and even sponsorship, right? I think the foundation you mentioned to me has a, a goal to like, if there's a way to sponsor somebody to get into a healthy outlet, uh, right. you know, whatever that might be. Uh, so you can direct their focus into better places. Is that kind of yeah bulk of it? Yeah. Um, as as time has gone on uh, after 2019, uh, you know, I I, I kind of call it the long winter. Yeah. Um, when COVID hit, we kind of lost some Steve as a as a viewer. Lots of organizations and functions. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gym. Yeah. Gym. We salami, restaurants, everything. Guys like us yeah. don't normally need haircuts very often, but you couldn't get into a barber shop, right? So all these things. Yeah. So um, you know, we we went through this period and two two and a half three years where, you know, Lisa and I would be talking, be like, yeah, well, we got to do this, you know. But COVID had slowed us down, and then the idea of making a difference was leading to us because I think we were still grieving. You know, sure. we we thought we were going to be gung ho and go go save the world, but the reality is we're still grieving. We're still working through it. Um, there were there were weeks and months uh, after that presentation in 2019 where um, I personally know I was going down some bad roads. Uh, I was you know ignoring you know good health. I was um, maybe having a couple too many drinks in a week. Um, things like that, that just kill your motivation, kill your drive, uh, to go and help. So what I've done now, um, I don't know, something clicked. I'd say it was probably, um, we had a neighbor lose a kid, you know, overdose. So not only has my family lost two children to overdoses, but my next door neighbor who lived across the street lost his son. These kids grew up together. What are the odds of that? You know, I mean, that's just uh, how not only has it affected your own home twice, but then it, you know, right, right across the street. Right. Yeah. It, that that was like that was when I got angry. Yeah, <laughs> I got angry because I was like, no one is doing anything about this, and it, and it just keeps happening. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of the, the beginning of relighting that fire, mm-hmm. um, and it's been slow. But uh, we're, we're getting there. We, we feel that um, when that happened, Lisa and I both started really feeling that we were opening up to being more available to people. So when we went through that with another family, we were there, let them know we were there, and we felt that we were making a difference. Um, that turned into doing some other things. I started speaking to some small uh, youth groups like uh, some some Boy Scout troops, uh, where they were doing, they were doing a segment on, you know, alcohol, tobacco, and drug awareness. I went in and told my story. It's kind of like a, one of those, maybe you're hoping for like a scared straight you know, yeah. effect, uh, but the kids asked some really great questions. And I was like, oh, these kids really want to know what's going on. They want to be protected. And, and they were very interested. So that feeling of knowing you're making an impact, it, it started to become a little addictive. And it's just good, you know, yeah. you could replace, you know, replace the bad addiction with a good addiction. Right. I guess it's the best, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to swap that out for maybe like eating too much or, you know, uh, you know, drinking too much. And now I'm like, well, I'm getting addicted to speaking too much and making a difference. Right. Then, yeah, I'm going to take that. So, take that so that's really where, where we are now is uh, we're, we've kind of relaunched it. Uh, 
you know, maybe MV squared 2.0. I don't know. Yeah. I know we're, yeah. But we're we're really uh, feeling the momentum. We've had tremendous support. Um, obviously, uh, your offer to to do this vidathon, which you know, kind of weird, right? I mean, <laughs> six years ago you did this for, or five years ago you yeah. did this for us, and uh, that was really the seed the seed money that started the foundation. So uh, I'm, we're really grateful to you and Cindy. Uh, for for hosting this event, and uh, we're looking forward to figuring out what to do next with with uh, the funds that we have, you know, that we've been blessed with. We want to take them and, and and use them in the community. There, well, you know, it's it's interesting to see it come full circle. Uh, you know, I I look at your life, and I can't help but see, just like our podcast logo, a uh, phoenix rising from the ashes. Uh, you and your family have been refined by the fire, and uh, you've just been pushed and pushed until you're either going to break and do nothing or you're going to break and do a whole lot of something and and we're excited to be part of the good that you're going to do in this world to stop a plane a day from dropping out of the sky you know this podcast that we're doing today it's a it's a tribute to matthew and michael uh it's a tribute to your family it's also an opportunity i appreciate uh you know, you thanking Cindy and I, uh, I mean, I, I feel like we're just doing what anybody should do. However, uh, I know there's so many people that have gathered around you, friends, family, and too many to list, but um, just uh, if you'd like to say something to them right now, uh, what would you say to all the people who have been with you since the start, you know? Wow. Um, <laughs> good question. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I know it's, it's um, tough, but I didn't want to. You know, leave this show without it. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the friends and family. Um, first of all, my my sons, Nick and, and Luke. I look at them and I look at how strong they've been. Mm. And you know what? They haven't stood up in front of a crowd and spoken. They, you know, they didn't do any of this arranging for Becky Savage to come into our schools. But they have survived and they've they've just carried on and they've supported Lisa and I. Yeah, I'll never forget, you know, how they would sit on the couch with us and put their arms around their mother mm-hmm. and support her. And when you think as a parent, you're supposed to be supporting your kids. But Nick and Luke are strong kids. They're great kids. And uh, they love their brothers and they still love their brothers. And uh, so I think I thank God for having them in our lives because they've been our reason to keep going. Mm-hmm. But they've also shown how to do it, how to just be strong. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. The, the list goes on and on. Um, people that come into your lives, um, I think this goes even without tragedy. There's people come into your lives for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they're either to show you something that you shouldn't do or a way not to go, or they, they take you along the right path. And uh, we've been totally blessed. Um, my coworkers have been so supportive of me uh, over the last you know six and a half years, almost seven years now. Um, our families, uh, my best friend Mike and Lisa's best friend Robin have been rocks for us. Uh, they've been with us every step of the way. Um, just, you know, and then people I've met, unfortunately, because of this tragedy, have become good friends, good sources of uh, support, uh, other people that have gone through this. So, you know, without, without them, without the people that basically said, hey, we'll help you do what you guys want to do. We wouldn't be doing it. So we're extremely grateful for it, and we hope to pay it back to the community. That's awesome. It's awesome. You know, there's a spot in the good book that says that there's a plan and purpose for your life. And, 
you know, even when I went to Sedona, which is more of like a new age thing, they're like, you know, they have these belief systems out there that it's like, you know, what did you sign up for? You know, what did you come here to do? And I think that what you started with MV Squared brings that purpose, not just to your life, but to Matthew and Michael's life. And that, you know, this purpose is to stop a plane a day from dropping out of the sky, right? Like, I mean, that's, <laughs> that is like huge. What a, what a metaphor to just think about. I mean, when you really want to understand the impact. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to give credit to, uh, I, I don't know who originally came up with that, that comparison, but the first time I heard it was from the artist, popular artist, Jelly Roll. Oh, really? He was, yeah. Let's go Jelly Roll. <laughs> well, wait to hear what I he like said it. He said it in front of a Senate committee. Oh, he yeah. was lobbying for some legislation to be passed that would crack down on the uh, the fentanyl coming into this country. So, you know, it, it that really struck me. That's such a powerful image. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we want to figure out how to help people in our own community, but we're also looking big. Like, how do we raise the voices of people like us, people like you that you didn't lose a kid, but. I'm sure you don't want fentanyl to ever be involved right. for, for your grandson. Yeah. And, you know, what what can you do? Amen to that. So, you know, lobby for laws and enforcement, um, you know, that, that can help curb this thing would be awesome too. So, Well, Dave, you know, uh, most people that listen to this podcast know my story. Drugs impacted my life. I lost 10 years to incarceration. Uh, I have a daughter. I fought for her to have a different life than me. Uh, however, she struggled. And I'm grateful that I haven't lost her. Uh, All right. Praying for a strong turnaround, you know? And so it really hits home to me uh, what, because it, <laughs> it's a fine line between where you're at and where I'm at. Um, just a uh, little bit of luck that I'm yeah. not dealing with the same issue. And uh, right. and you're right. Uh, we want to make sure that nothing like this happens to our children's children. And what can we do in the meantime? So um, thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, if people want to reach out and connect with you, is there, should they go to a social media site? Should they just email you? Like, you know, how can they get involved with you? So, yeah. So uh, we're, like I said, we finally got this lit the fire again, if you will. So um, our, we're going to have a website rolling out here in the next couple of weeks. We'll have a website. It'll be mvsquare.org. Um, once we get that up, we're going to hope to provide uh, links to resources, both in our local community to get immediate help or uh, the national type of hotlines and things like that. Um, and obviously we're gonna tell the story of the boys and we're just going to figure out how to use that to uh, to be a face to the community of what we have to offer and what we're trying to do. Um, and then, yeah, we'll we'll follow that up with the social media stuff. But uh, really it's like, you know, March 9th is, is coming up fast and uh, we're hoping to have all this stuff kind of rolled out right at the same time. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of a big kickoff for us. Because <laughs> I'm excited to be part of that kickoff. And if somebody wants to email you in the meantime, what's the email, the uh, best email to? Uh, that would be uh, DaveVieira495 at gmail.com. That's my personal email. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes as yeah. well. So then that way, everybody, if uh, you're you want to learn more, you want to support the foundation ahead of time, if you're not in this area, but you're like, wow, I'd like to donate. I'd like to get behind that. I have a story that I want to share with Dave. Maybe we can link arms. So we will put that in the show notes. Uh, Dave, thanks for sharing your heart and sharing your story today. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Yep. 
Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah! Come